Day 9. Year 100 of the Dawn. A Room of Her Own. Odd how the creative power at once brings the whole universe to order. Yet it is in our idleness, in our dreams, that the submerged truth sometimes comes to the top. Virginia Woolf. Now that I think about it, I must have lived five lives in that moment between dreamland and reality before Adam woke up. It might sound funny to you, and I didn't think about it until now, but it was as if that moment lasted forever, alone with the creator in the Garden of Eden. Not that I was not going to be totally into loving Adam, but before I woke up to Adam, I didn't have to serve him, or worry about him, or attempt to communicate with him. Not that I had to serve him in our time in Eden, No, neither of us had to work. It's truly incomprehensible to me now, but it was true. Neither of us lifted a hand to work, as in toil. We had tasks to do, like naming the animals, but this was enjoyable, and communication was essentially easy in a garden without blemish. The weather was gentle. The mist rose up from the earth to water the garden. There was no rain then, so we needed no shelter. We needed no clothes. The fruit of the garden was plentiful, and we needed no meat. The herbs and veggies of the garden were enough. Later, you will all get into huge arguments over what to eat or not to eat, but that wasn't an issue here. There was not much to do, really, but take care of each other, make love, hang out with the animals, and watch the daylight filter through the branches and listen to the breeze singing through the leaves sweet. This waking moment that lasted an eternity was all about me, the creator and I. It was like a tangible room, a space that I could go to again and again. Later, one of my daughters, Virginia Woolf, will write a book called A Room of Her Own. I suggest you read it, and I'll tell you why. Every woman should have a room of her own, a place to explore who she is, why she is, and what she is meant to do while she is here. But sadly, as I write this, I know that many women of the earth will never have that privilege. They will be burdened with poverty, trying to feed too many children with not enough food, making long pilgrimages with heavy urns merely to catch clean water. This makes me melancholy, and I would do anything to eradicate scarceness and lack. When I think of little ones crying for a cup of water or a slice of bread, I weep as my daughters weep. My heart is wrenched in two over your dismay. There is the explanation of the garden, of that first bite, of the fall, of the curse. But beyond that, there is no explanation. When I think of the oppression of women and children through history, I wish I could make it all herstory. But it is predominantly history. Maybe in some small way, by writing my memoirs, I can help make it a little more herstory and give guidance to illuminate my future daughter's journeys as they wander in half-truths and ramble among twisting, shifting shadows of darkness where there should be light. Today I will put my heart to the millstone and see if I can make my words become bread to feed a hungry soul. Perhaps if I need the dough of verity just so— add the correct pinch of salt, I can bring forth a loaf of bread from my words that will be ingrained with life, 
a vitality that is able to feed a famished spirit. I will also do my best to exemplify the room of her own, one that is very necessary and actually available to anyone, no matter what your physical space is like. It is made possible by the presence of Elohim. The room I speak of is a secret place, hidden in the secret of his presence. It's a real place. I know, I know. If you've never been there, you don't know what I'm talking about, and it's hard to visualize. You might even ridicule me and think that what I'm saying is ludicrous. But I have been there many times. I know the place well. It is an actual place that you can retreat to no matter where you are, even if you're in prison or being abused or being made to serve someone night and day against your will. Call me crazy. Many have. But there is a place in your soul, with Elohim, that no one can touch. No one. It is in your mind, in your soul, in your heart, where there is a sacred place with the Creator that is all about you. The beauty of you, the power of you, the individuality of you, and no one can take this from you. In this secret place you abide under the shadow of the Almighty El Shaddai, the mothering, nurturing, sheltering, mighty place of God. You, who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, will abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. Psalm 91 in this room of your own, your secret place with El Shaddai, you are free and you can dream. You can be an artist. You can make music. You can climb the highest mountain. You can open your arms like wings and fly like a bird. You can divorce yourself from your body momentarily and be free. I know what you are thinking. You might be thinking, you're Eve. You've never suffered. Not like we have. And in part, that's true. But you don't know my whole story, since I couldn't possibly write it all down. Or if I did, the words would be drowned out by history or destroyed in the flood. If you're reading this now, it is a miracle that this freedom of my speech was found after being hidden for so many thousands of years. I will live for hundreds of years before the flood. We all lived a lot longer at the dawn of the age. I witnessed heights and depths, laughter and tears. As I have written, I felt deep anguish as my firstborn son was murdered by my secondborn son. I had a chronic illness that plagued me repeatedly, but I cannot tell you everything, for I would have to write volume upon volume as my offspring began to inhabit the earth. But I can tell you that I experienced physical pain beyond imagination, with disease and ultimate death. I experienced hunger and thirst as we worked so hard to bring fruit from the crusted earth. I experienced times of intense loneliness when Adam was gone looking for food. I experienced deep regret and anguish as I realized that my decision to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil separated me, and worst of all, my children, from the ease of painless living that could have been ours in the garden but profoundly placed inside of me is the spirit of an artist, because God himself is an artist, and he created himself in me. When I dive into my art, my dream, my expression of creation inside of me, I not only appreciate his art, 
but I can make my own. I bring to the surface the treasures of my creative power and display them, however I wish, and to whomever I choose. At these moments, I feel invincible. I am invincible. One day, I don't remember if we were in a tent or a cave. No, it was a tent, I remember now. I was cooking, cleaning, nursing babies, wiping their wee rosy bums, carrying wood for the fire. And at that moment, with a huge stack of wood in my arms, I just stopped. I dropped the wood and screamed, there must be something more. I just sat there in the dirt with the wood all around me. I couldn't budge. I didn't know what it was, but I couldn't move an inch from that place until I found out what I was feeling and what might make me want to take another step forward. As I sat there, mumbling to myself, I began to pick up the wood. But as I plucked up each piece, I could not hold it, and I dropped it all again. Then I began to look at the wood, the way the bark was woven and engraved into the surface. The way that the sunlight shone on the bark was so amazing, and I saw in the bark colors that I had never seen before. I noticed patterns playing with the sunbeams, and newfound hues seemed to jazz before my eyes. I imagined the creator breathing life into that piece of cherry wood, and how extraordinary his artistic sense must be. The geometrical patterns were so remarkable. Truly, Everything formed in the universe seemed to be exceptionally ordered. All this from a piece of wood. The sense of systematic arrangement, gradient of tints, and three-dimensional sculpture in the branch gave me some sort of hope, like a door of hopeful repose. Like I was sitting on a planet, not randomly formed by a big bang, but a planet that was designed by the most amazing artist and not only an artist, but a renaissance artist, God. And if it is arguable that it all came from some big bang, then it must have come from an explosion of love from the heart of the creator. His heart burst with love for us, bringing forth the earth, the sky, the moon, and the solar systems. <laughs> that sounds funny. Thousands of years before the French Renaissance, there is this God who is the Renaissance, or actually, who embodies first birth, since he is the I am. Each glance into nature is a renaissance of discovery. The earth never stops unfolding its glorious craft made by the most marvelous artist. This was my first birth into discovering God as an artist and finding my own way as an artist. Who knew? Eve, me, the artist. Not only an artist. Why, that very day, I became a builder. I began to stack the pieces of wood around me and place them in ways that I could see the light shining, dancing between them and on them. I also saw the shadows drift between them and splash onto the ground. The rocks and pebbles caused there to be even more light patterns and the grass growing up in between composed a concerto of interactive shapes. The rocks, the stones, the wood, the grass, and the light generated a melody of architecture that swept me up. I became housed in glorious revelation. 
I took the stones, began to click them together, making different beats. Music. I discovered music. It was, in a way, the first rock concert. It reminded me again of the first dawn. It was like waking up from a perfect dream where anything is possible, before the first bite of reality hits. When you are sure you can make anything you want, do anything you want, be anyone you want. I had fabricated the first art installation, and now I was acting in my first performance of magical, musical wonder. This is what children do. They dream without constraint. But I had never been a child. I was created a grown woman. Maybe, however, I was a childlike woman, since I was created in the perfect space of safety and love. Yes, thinking about it now, keeping a childlike heart as a woman seems like the best way to live. I looked at what I had created there on the ground that day, and you know what I think? I think I wasn't just the first builder. I was the first human architect, the first designer. You can be this. You can be anything you want. In your mind, in your dream, in your reality. Today might be this way or that, but tomorrow may change. You never know. You've got to start making art now, right where you are. I was going to concentrate my memoirs on describing the need for a physical room of one's own, but as I started to write, it seemed clear to me that the perfect place in his presence is much more important. This is your room of your own, woman, which no one can touch and every woman can own. If you have a finger, you can draw pictures in the sand. If you can see the sky, you can make creatures out of the clouds. The imagination of your dream can become your room, and it is the creator of the universe, the great artist himself, who desires to give you this room. It is your secret room with Elohim. It is your private place that no one needs to know about. You are whatever you want to be in your secret pavilion hidden in God's presence, the presence of Elohim. This is what I felt in that eternal moment when I lay suspended between heaven and earth. Waking up the first day, I was in a room of my own, hidden in the presence of the Creator. And it is in this room that I live in more and more until I return to live with Elohim forever, back in the garden again, redeemed as the new garden of eternal life that is prepared for us at the end of the age. For those who love God, he has made a way back into him where we will dwell with him today and, ultimately, forever in paradise. It is from this space in my soul that I come up with all of my best inventions. After I have dwelt with God in my room, everything I put my hand to prospers because it is an individual expression of my very own created being. To me, the process is much more beautiful than the outcome. I love running my fingers through the clay, forming a sculpture or pot that I have never made before. But the finished work is very cool, too. I can nourish others' souls with the beauty of my artistic works, whether it be art, music, architecture, or making a meal that satisfies my children.
Each gift of love is poetry in motion. A walk with a friend can be an artful prayer. To comfort a sick person, a woman can provide a shelter of love. Renaissance is rebirth. Any woman can be a Renaissance woman, a woman of constant rebirth, empowered by the author of creation who brought forth the first birth of light. Drawing from this unfathomable and mind-boggling source, a woman can design her own Sistine Chapel, build it, and paint it. Why not? He only can enrich me, who can recommend to me the space between sun and sun. Ralph Waldo Emerson, 1828-1865